The Cottagers I have described Frankenstein as a monster story that awakens the tenderest of human emotions. After reading these last few chapters, I hope you now understand just what I was talking about. I've mentioned that my eldest daughter adores this book. I read it for the first time when we were on vacation together in Colorado, and at one point I emerged from my room, looked at her, and said only, The Cottagers. She understood. The monster had told Victor to listen to his tale, and then to judge. And indeed, what we have so far been told about his first days of life, and the time since, stirs the heart with compassion. The way he describes his dawning consciousness makes him seem less like a formidable monster than like a helpless infant. Yet he was abandoned by his Creator to face hunger, thirst, cold, fear, and darkness, entirely alone. If you listen to the audio, you know that I left in one of my own irrepressible reactions. That's so sad. When he says that he endeavored to imitate the pleasant songs of the birds, but was unsuccessful. His longing to communicate, connect, accomplish, all benevolent impulses of youth, are thwarted at every turn. His impression of that first humble hut, where snow and rain could not penetrate, that seemed to him an exquisite and divine retreat, was so heartwarming. But the response of its inhabitant to shriek and run away, with the speed of which his debilitated frame hardly seemed capable, was so heartbreaking. All of this is only amplified when he reaches the village, which seems to him like a miracle, and meets the villagers, who not only run, but attack. But for me, nothing awakened those tender feelings more than his impressions of his cottagers. Already scorned by man, he's forced to hide in his hovel and jealously observe this beautiful, loving family through a chink in the wall. The scenes he describes and his response to them are so poignantly sweet. Quote, the young girl was occupied in arranging the cottage, but presently she took something out of a drawer, which employed her hands, and she sat down beside the old man, who, taking up an instrument, began to play, and to produce sounds sweeter than the voice of the thrush or the nightingale. It was a lovely sight, even to me, poor wretch, who had never beheld aught beautiful before. The silver hair and benevolent countenance of the aged cottager won my reverence, while the gentle manners of the girl enticed my love. He played a sweet, mournful air, which I perceived drew tears from the eyes of his amiable companion, of which the old man took no notice until she sobbed audibly. He then produced a few sounds, and the fair creature, leaving her work, knelt at his feet. He raised her, and smiled with such kindness and affection that I felt sensations of a peculiar and overpowering nature. They were a mixture of pain and pleasure, such as I had never before experienced, either from hunger or cold, warmth or food. And I withdrew from the window, unable to bear these emotions." Unquote. 
the cottagers become his constant companions and unknowing friends. His observations of them are both a pleasurable end in themselves and a means of learning their manners. When he envisions the day he will present himself to them and persuade them to overlook his deformity and see to his heart, I imagine you, like me, felt a terrible apprehension that it will all go wrong. This, to me, has been the most emotionally powerful part of the story so far. Shelley succeeds in stirring my sympathies.'